Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. So, Justin Fields, guys, got his first win, and it was uh, lost in the shuffle of all the Gruden stuff. And his second win, what am I saying, his first win, surrounding uh, the Raiders in that game. How impressed, the question is, have you been with Fields up to now? Mm. You know, doing what he needs to do as a rookie, getting wins. How much does, and, and, and here's the question that I have for you, Key. When you've already made the point that a rookie quarterback needs a team to put their arms around him, make it simple, it's not that complicated, put him in a position to succeed, all those kind of things. But how much of the way the Bears are playing is a response to the fact that the locker room wanted that guy under center? And it's not just the offense, but the defense. A lot. I mean, it, 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 is, it is important. Because when you're in training camp and the veteran players are gravitating to a young player and a young rookie, and all of a sudden they are saying things in their press conferences and they are giving him his flowers but not disrespecting the starter and Andy Dalton, but certainly sending a message to let everybody know that this guy, Jay, is probably the best guy that gives us the chance to win. Mm-hmm. And when you insert him into the lineup, it's an electrifying energy. I go back to, and I use it as an example, Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. You have a a playoff caliber team, and they're not getting the most anymore out of Joe Flacco, and you have a guy that that the teammates like and they feel good about. Not that they dislike Joe Flacco, but they – all of a sudden, they're eating at the table at lunch with Lamar Jackson. They're now eating at the table at lunch with Justin Fields. They used to eat at the table with Andy Dalton, but no more. And when he gets on the field and he starts to display those same skill sets, Jay, that they've seen in training camp, they take a liking to that. And it's, a, it's an infectious thing. Some people annoy you. You don't want to be around them. You don't want to deal with them, even though they're your teammates. And then there's others that just have that it factor. Preach. They just look delicious, and you want to be around them. And that's Justin Fields, Jay. I knew I would get you to laugh. You got me with it. They just look delicious. Yes, Key. And you know what? It's So earlier this year, I heard all this praise about Mac Jones, and it was deserving because of the system that Bill Belichick had him in. We've talked about that on this show. And I would have said I thought the New England Patriots were a better team than the Chicago Bears, knowing that the Chicago Bears at the time had Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback. You put Justin Fields as a starting quarterback now, all of a sudden I'm looking at them saying, I don't know who's a – it might be the Bears. The Bears might be a better team than the well, New England Patriots. And we sat there and we raved about how Mac Jones was playing, but I'm watching him. And even the first half against the Raiders, they had a 14 3 lead. He was 12, 12 24 the game. But like it, it just it felt like he was in but, control of the game. Second half, they only ran for they only like 92 yards of offense gained in the second half. Their defense took over, but it was still the way he managed the game that made yeah. you feel comfortable with saying, 
this team has a higher ceiling now with Justin Fields at the helm. Well, what happens what happens naturally is people go to statistics, right? They start looking at the numbers. Oh, he was only 12 or 20, and he only threw for 100-plus yards and a touchdown, and he had an interception and blah, blah. But that's not – that doesn't tell the story. You, you, you got to look at everything. And I could go back to Sean King. Sean King took over for Trent Dill for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 1999, and they went to the NFC Championship game. And the defense was one of the top defenses in the National Football League. If not number one, but it wasn't that. It was the the magic that Sean King brought to that team when he became a starter. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about his statistics. And this is the same thing with Lamar Jackson. This is the same thing with Justin Fields. It's not about the statistics. It's about the magic, right? When you step on the floor, Jay, and all of a sudden you out there playing and you're passing that ball and you putting it right in the bread basket for a guy to be able to shoot, and and you're not waiting to last three seconds on the shot clock to give it to somebody, things start to flow differently. And this is what you see in Justin Fields. So the defense is playing better. They're more energized because not only do they want to win for themselves, they also want to win for a guy who gives them that energy in Justin Fields. If you drop Justin Fields right now into New England, I can almost promise you that that team will probably look a little bit different. Because it's about the energy that you bring. And that's just the way it is. There's no question about it. Right. That's the question. The question was, what? forget about everything on the field for a second, that the player brings individually. How does he juice the team? And you can see Justin Fields juicing. That's a real thing. The Bears. He also, by the way, is an athletic guy with real arm talent. You know, Key, you were mentioning earlier in the season it takes him a little while to get rid of the ball, but when he gets rid of it, it's a, he throws a pretty spiral. You know, like he, throw, well, he can the, throw the that reason, thing. The reason he holds on to it longer than what he probably should is because in college he could do that. You can hold on to it longer in college because ball travels faster than men. And, and they're off a few ticks in college. They're not as, the reaction yeah. is not as fast as it is in the pros. So when he starts to understand the pro game and the game starts to slow down for him a little more, then he – a little more. Is that now? A little bit. Yeah. If the game yeah, starts a little more. Slow, a little more. Yeah. Is that right? It well, if it, has it already yeah. slowed down for him a little, then it slows it down a little right, more. Though, Jay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just didn't sound, didn't sound right. That's why I was like, wait a minute. I don't think that that was proper English. But it, it was a situ- it's a situation where it probably is slowing down for him, but when it completely stops and slows all the way down – you're going to start to see, like Lamar Jackson. Like the, he's he's too in the fast Matrix. For, he's mm-hmm. too fast for the damn game. It's like, it, it's like well, you can't even do nothing with him but just bless it and accept that, it, and that's what you're going to get, I believe, in Justin Fields. That was the greatest innovation in the Matrix, right? Like, everyone's seen the Matrix, right? In, until the Matrix came out, every time people wanted to show something super fast, it's like the guy's just zipping around the screen. The Matrix, like, no, no. Show it, it show it from the point of view of the fast guy. Everything looks super you, slow, you, you know right? What's so great, you know what's so great about football, man? Huh? Is in, in, in Jay, in these things, is week to week we got our own opinions about what teams are. Now the Bears getting ready to take on the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. If the Bears take on the Green Bay Packers, and the way Green Bay looked against Cincinnati, if they clipped them and they beat them, there's a different opinion now of Matt Nagy, Justin Fields, and the Chicago Bears. There will be a different opinion of what this football team is. I tell you that. 
And I mm-hmm. promise you, if they if they do that, we'll be having a different conversation about that. And key one of the things that nobody's talking about. Let's not act like David Montgomery wasn't a huge part of this team, right? Like, so now Khalil Herbert, you talk about Damian Williams, the way those two rushed in their last game, like, it's still the same game plan. Wait, hold on. I got to stop you, Jay. What do you mean? I can't let my dude do this. Khalil Mack. You said Khalil Herbert. (laughs) No, I was talking about Chicago's rushing. The running back. The two running backs are replaced. (laughs) You didn't mean Khalil Mack? Khalil Herbert. Okay, it just sound because I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. Let me no, slow my guy down. No, 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 no. I was saying they lost David Montgomery. That's how they were running the ball. So that's what I got worried about. So, all right, you take away one of these guys, his main option from that because they are yeah. still a run first team, but they still found answers. And the t- key that goes back to how you talk about rejuvenating, how you get somebody that says, okay, this is where it is. That's fine. Ride with me. We're still going to figure it out. Like, that says something about a young player in a leadership position. He, he yeah, But he was a leader at Ohio State, right? I yeah. mean, everybody looks at Justin Fields in, when he left Georgia and Jake Fromm took over, whatever the case was, and, and all the things that went on. But he goes to Ohio State, and he dominates the Big Ten Conference in college football for two years. And then all of a sudden – he drops in the draft because people said that he didn't process the information correctly mm-hmm. or he wasn't doing it. You know, it, it, the whole thing. We already know how that goes. But now he goes to training camp and Matt Nagy makes the decision to start Justin Fields, even though the players felt like, to me, that they wanted to see the young pup get out on the field. And Matt Nagy did it right by waiting, making him wait a couple games just so happened Andy Dalton got injured, and that opened up the door for Justin Fields to slide in. And here we are now. They get ready to take on the Green Bay Packers. Let's see what happens. The biggest story in the NFL did not stop with John Gruden's resignation. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Sean, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance, all guests on the Goodyear Hotline. So we talked about John Gruden's emails and resignation a lot yesterday. 
and you knew there'd be a ton of reaction from around the league. Let's start with the first minority owner in the NFL, Shad Khan, from the Jags. Here is the Jaguars owner. I do believe that this is one of those times where you just don't say, okay, uh, you know, it's done and now let's move on. I think uh, this is one of those instances, even though it was 10 years ago, that it is, uh, you know, it's very offensive, it's hurtful, and, you know, it's, it's something that really needs to be reflected on. And, um, you know, by all of us. And, um, and how do we, you know, how do we make the situation better? I'm, got, I'm glad Mr. Khan said what he said um, because he is right. To be able to hear an owner step up is big. I mean, that's, you, that's what you want because he's in the room. We always talk about having somebody in the room, Jay, and somebody that's there that gets it not dancing around it mm-hmm. or making things sound like something or not answering a question or double talking. That's not what he's doing right there. He's putting his name, his face, his franchise to it because he understands what being a minority is all about. And he understands what hurtful things that's being said about somebody is all about. I commend him. I certainly do. I applaud him for being able to do that because it's got to be hard for a guy like that, first of all, as a minority. Secondly, to be an owner, to push back against other owners that probably will not say anything or step up. They're going to be looking at him like he got frogs on his face at the owner meetings because he's stepping out of pocket, so to speak, from what the norm would typically be. So I tip my hat to him. I, I, I really honestly do. You know, Key. Most of my life, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of incredible owners. Jerry Reinsdorf, and one of the guys I've known for a while, obviously being drafted with the Bulls. And I've always wanted to be an owner, seeing a guy like Alex Rodriguez become an owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves of an NBA franchise has always been an ultimate goal for me. And when you watch shows like Ballers and you see Dwayne Johnson in those rooms of the NFL owners, it's always struck me. I'm like, man, like I've been around Adam Silver I've been around a lot of NBA owners, Mark Cuban. I get a feel for what those rooms are like. I don't have a feel for what the NFL ownership rooms are like. So when I hear Key talk about a guy like Shaq Khan and how being one of the few, few minority owners of an NFL team to be able to come out and then say, no, this is how this makes me feel, I think is a monumental thing. It's a massive thing because – it needs to put everybody on notice that this is no longer acceptable. Well, locker room talk between friends, between emails, between texts, not acceptable any longer. And anything that has been in the dark that we need to continue to bring to light, it's time to continue to shed light on it. Yeah. It's also like the talk is not acceptable. Okay. But why are the thoughts there like that still? You know, there obviously people need to, these mm-hmm. moments can be used to not just say, Oh, you shouldn't say that, but find out, wait, wait, why do you think that? It could be a kind of a teaching moment. Key, you said that he was speaking out of what the norm would you know, typically be, right? Here's what Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner, obviously, had to say on John Gruden. I have no, I don't have anything I would want to express there one way or the other. I know that we all are accountable to even a, uh, if you will, a fleeting or a 
minor part of our actions. Uh, we all are accountable to those, but uh, uh, that's about all I want to comment on. It. 105.3, the fan is where that comes. Is that more like the norm that you were expecting? No, that, that, that's a bad example because that's Jerry. Jerry ain't going to give you nothing just because that's Jerry. He ain't he going to play both sides of the fence. Jerry's just that's who Jerry is. He's not going to sit up there and say this is what should have happened. Absolutely, blah, blah, blah. That's just not. You know, so what would the norm deal. typically be when you well, say Shad Khan is not just giving you the norm, right? He's what, what would the norm sound like? Which is say nothing. That's the norm. Keep. Hide behind the commissioner of the National Football League and say nothing. That's the norm. And Keith, let's talk about why that's the norm. I'd be curious what happens to a lot of owners or a lot of people if they got their emails dug into. They got the emails dug into. So there, there, there's, a, there's a delicate line here, right? And let's put the whole thing in context. Once again, the last two days, this was an investigation about the Washington football team. Owner, Daniel Snyder. Other owners who comment on this, I'm going to be a little bit hesitant. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> You're going to be a little hesitant about what you, what you say, Key, when <laughs> you might have dirt. Everybody, there's a lot of people that might have dirt that don't want their dirt dug up. So be careful what people say because that might open the door to people digging in your box, and people don't want people digging in their box. Well, that, that, that's very, very And true. I'm not saying that's applicable Jay, to that's, Jerry Jones, Key. I'm just saying in general, I know how some people are looking at this whole thing. I ain't, like, some people are saying, I ain't trying to touch that. Well, that, that, that's very true um, in life in general when, when you are – yeah, as I say, be careful throwing stones. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the reality of life as a whole. But typically the norm in the National Football League is to hide behind Commissioner Roger Goodell and allow him to take the heat and allow him to take whatever abuse he will get from a public sector. That's just been part of it. Um, I, I Like, again, when you have an owner saying things aren't acceptable, regardless if it's 10 years, 15 years, yesterday, whatever the case may be. It started 10 years ago, 11 years ago. It didn't end 10 or 11 years ago. So it's it's like he gets it and he understands it, and I think that that's extremely important for this type of conversation to be had. And again, when you have somebody in a room that can advocate for you until you actually get somebody in the room that look like you, that's not going to just allow things to happen. See, you, I, I feel comfortable with an owner like that, that if emails was hitting his account, he would be like, oh, no, nah, man, don't, don't send me this. Right. <laughs> send it down the street to somebody HR. else. The, the expression is people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, but apparently Shad Khan's house is not made of glass in this respect. Right. So he feels comfortable at least. He's not, not exactly throwing stones, but at least saying, hey, Wait a minute. We need to think about I'm telling this. Telling you right now, somebody sent an email like that to my ass key. Forward to HR. Here it comes. Well, Aaron, like, look, look. You got like it. I said, like I said before, man. I've had in the locker room. I've had black friends and teammates say negative things about white people, and I had to let them know. Say, man, we're not having that conversation. That's not. Them people don't treat me like that. So I don't know them like that. I can't. I don't feel that way about them. And I've also had white teammates say stuff out of pocket where you had to say, hold on, man. 
You don't get to say that. That's not your, that's not your right to say something like that. And I'm not even talking about, about black people. I'm talking about just about someone in general. But because I'm there and I'm able to police it and say, no, 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 we're not getting ready to have that conversation to go down that road. Now it doesn't even happen and take place. This is what you have to have in situations like we've been dealing with over the last several years and throughout our history where you got to have people policing each other to be able to say, no, that's not what it is. And in this situation with John Gruden, he had his buddies and all his friends, and they didn't do that. Yeah, people talk about the Overton window, which is a theory that, like, you know, what's acceptable in public discourse. But you can apply it to, to, to kind of workplace discourse or, you know, conversations you even sometimes have in private with friends. What is kind of acceptable stuff to talk about in polite society, right? Mm. And that affects culture. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers quarterback on the Pat McAfee show, weighed in on this. Those opinions, um, you know, don't have a place in the game. And, you know, it was surprising to see that that thing went so quickly. Yes. But I think that's that was probably the best decision for all parties involved. And and hopefully we can all as a league uh, learn and grow from this. And, And hopefully it puts people on notice who have some of those same opinions like, hey, man, it's time to grow and, and evolve and change and connect. And that doesn't fly. Well, and there you go. When a leader, yeah. you know, and a quarterback and a big superstar takes that position, key, that also affects culture. Well, it does. And, and, and people ask me, you know, the last several days, how come John Gruden got the coach on Sunday prior to his stepping down, resigning, firing, whatever you want to call it, on Monday? And I said to them, I try to tell people, get them to understand, Friday this came down. You get the the, the emails, you get all the different stuff, and you're looking at it, it's Friday. By the time you get to Saturday, there's players flying to different cities. They're landing, right? There's the Cleveland Browns are coming to L.A. There's the Chicago Bears actually going to Las Vegas. There's teams that are moving all over the country. Then this Sunday comes, they're preparing for a game. So they're seeing this stuff, and they're saying to themselves, holy bleep, what is this? Now you at game time and kickoff. So it's all fresh and people trying to, you know, let it marinate in their brain a little bit, and they play a game on Sunday. Now Monday comes down. The second the third wave hits, he resigns. So the players haven't really fully got a chance to digest what just happened. Now Monday comes, Tuesday comes. And you now you see Aaron Rodgers. You had an opportunity to fully digest the situation. Had they not, or had he not resigned on Monday, imagine what this week would be like from a player's speaking out standpoint. It would be ridiculous because they got the time now. They had a time to digest what just took place. Key is uh, in L.A. where his Dodgers Shh, avoided anything. elimination. <laughs> Clear skies right now. We'll find out how they did it. And talk about a team that's already headed to the NLCS, and that's after SportsCenter. Next offer, Bat swings, drives one right field. Brian back at the wall, at the track, out of here! Mookie Betts over the right field wall. And just like that, Dodgers have doubled their lead. Mookie goes deep, 4 nothing. 
Mookie Betts, you just heard it, hit a two-run home run in the bottom of the fourth. You heard John Chiambi call it on ESPN Radio. Will Smith added a two-run shot in the eighth. The Dodgers beat the Giants 7-2 in Game 4 of the National League Division Series. Los Angeles forces a winner-take-all Game 5 on Thursday night in San Francisco, which can be heard right here on ESPN Radio. Is there anything better than baseball on the radio? The winner will face the Braves in the NLCS. Atlanta advanced with a 5-4 win over the Brewers in Game 4 of their series. Meanwhile, in the American League, Jose Altuve had three hits, including a three-run homer, and the Astros routed the White Sox 10-1 in Game 4 of the ALDS. Houston advances to its fifth straight league championship series and will face Boston starting Friday. Brian Boyle scored a goal in his first NHL game in over a year, and the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 6-2 to open the NHL season on ESPN. Boyle, who received a tryout from offer from the Penguins in training camp, signed a one-year contract with the team before the game. In Vegas, Ryan Donato scored the first goal in Seattle Kraken history, but it wasn't enough as the Golden Knights beat Seattle 4-3 on Chandler Stevenson's third-period goal talking about this and much more on my brand new show this just in weekdays 2 to 3 p.m right here on espn meantime sports center is brought to you by nature valley music and lyrics sweet and salty roasted nuts and creamy nut butter nature valley in the outdoors some things are just made for each other get two great tastes in one duly delicious bar with nature valley sweet and salty nut bars and the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And to help us with the road to the World Series is my best friend this time of year, Jessica Mendoza. Wearing the green in the studio. Okay, I see you, money We're green, Jess. We're bringing it. We're bringing it. It's October. We got postseason, just games, although teams are dropping like flies these days. Jess giving you the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Good morning, indeed. Jessica, the Braves advanced to the NLCS uh, yesterday. Who should Atlanta be rooting for in Game 5? <laughs> That's a great question because I I really believe if I'm on that Atlanta Braves team, and Jay will you get this, like you, you want to rematch with the Dodgers. Like you want to play mm-hmm. the team that knocked you out. And as much as the Dodgers get all the attention for being the best team when, let's be real, it's been San Francisco in 162 all season yeah. long, they've been the better team. <laughs> By a game. By one game. <laughs> but, but, they, but they've earned that. They've earned that right to say that they are the better team. If I'm the Atlanta Braves, I want to face off against the Dodgers because you want to rematch on the team that knocks you out. Just short three-day rest for Walker Buehler. Um, incredible performance for him last night to start the game. What, is, what does that mean for this team, seeing him do that you know, Friday and then do it again? Yeah, I mean, it was cool. Like, I, I got to know Walker when he was at Vandy. And he was coming out of the bullpen, closing games on short rest, doing what I mean, he just is that guy that's like, give me the ball all the time. I want to be able to take this team. And it's huge what Walker was able to do, not only in that game. I mean, his stuff was just as good. Three days rest, ten days rest. It didn't matter. I did not notice a difference with him, with the way that he was using the fastball. When <laughs> you get Buster Posey to lose his bat within an at-bat. But the important part of Walker going is that it set up Julio Urias for game five. And that is the biggest thing that the Dodgers can do now moving forward with this game. Um, Jessica, go ahead, so when you so when you look at Walker Bueller, right, and I think it was, what, two years ago, three years ago, he came up and he, he got the ball in the elimination game and he did the deal. 
What makes him special, though, in the elimination games? Like, what, what, why is he like ice like that? He shot, I mean, you spend five minutes with him, and there is a confidence, arrogance. I don't know what the word is. I mean, it's all positive. It's all good. But he believes in himself in a way that athletes this time of year, that's when they rise above. And you say all that, it sounds cliche, but Walker Bueller, you could talk to him on a random Friday in July, and he will find a way to absolutely dominate. And the way you see it, Keyshawn, is how he challenges guys with his fastball. I mean, this mm. is a day and age when it's about the breaking ball. No one throws the fastball anymore as much than mm. Walker Bueller. And it, to me, it's the best fastball in the game. And I love the challenge. He's like, here's my 96. I don't care if you hit fastballs. I am going to challenge you in every way. And that says enough to me about Walker. It's like he has that ego, that confidence. You get to hit a home run, he will throw the same exact pitch to you in the next at bat because it's like, you're not going to beat me twice. We, go, go ahead, we, go ahead. we, um, <laughs> I love you. Keep saying we, a key. <laughs> we are going back to San Francisco for game five. Who has the edge? Oh, Dodgers. I mean, the reason. Yeah. Not only momentum, which whatever. Oh. <laughs> That's all oh. you want to hear. But Julio Rios, this is 19th, 19th postseason game. Logan Webb, 24 years old. This is his second. And, and Logan Webb has been their ace, and he has been ridiculous. I think his stuff is better right now than Julio Rios, but as you get to this point, game five, I mean, experience. He closed out the World Series. He was the final pitcher to win them the championship, Julio Rios. So this is experience coming in that you just can't match. All right. Can we transition for a second? Because I I had to deal with my father-in-law yesterday crying, especially Jose Atuve just Knocking down like a, a home run in the, in the oh, nine, top good, of the nine. Good tears, bad tears. It was with, horrible tears. Okay, horrible. It, it was tears that I am ashamed. Not joy. I, I am really sad to be a White Sox fan. That's what my father-in-law would say. Got it. Um, who do you favor in this matchup when you think about the Astros versus the Red Sox? Absolutely Astros. And this has been a team that for since July, I'm like, they're going to the World Series. And the reason is, is I mean, they can, they can hit. They do all the things. They've got an unbelievable – I don't know if chip is the right word, but they're the team that everyone wants to hate. And they have been since they got caught cheating three, four years ago now. But when I look at this matchup in particular, I mean, both these teams absolutely rake. We've been talking about this. I mean, Max loves it when I talk about how much Boston can hit and slug. And they did that to his Yankees. But when you look at these two teams, it comes down to who can get the bullpen first. And the Astros, the way they've matched up, I mean, the Red Sox went two and five against them this year. They played nobody worse than they played the Houston Astros. And they just flat out, the Astros out hit them. And when you look at a postseason seven-game series, you get into the weakest link for the Red Sox, which is their bullpen. That's what the Astros do best. You just jinxed, hey, you just jinxed the Astros. You realize I, that? I, I, I can't I believe the, the Red Sox are making me root for the Astros. It's another reason to hate them. Go ahead, Keith. Hey, Jess, um, our producer, Evan, and myself, we got to take a little issue with, with Tony La Russa because, you know, we feel like he's a get-off-my-lawn guy at this stage of his career. Evan, what – I mean – all right, so Jess, I had a nice relaxing Jess. afternoon. I'm sitting there, I'm watching the end of the, the Astros-White Sox game, trying to watch a little afternoon baseball, and I got Tony La Russa in a 7-1 playoff elimination game after Jose Abreu gets hit, coming out and arguing. Yeah. I had to turn the game off. I put the Braves Brewers on because I'm like, I'm done with this guy. And then I have to hear this after the game, and I'm even more done with him. Here's Tony La Russa. Well, I questioned, you know, after they threw three pitches in there, why they should have just ejected him. It'll be a good test of the uh, character and credibility of the winning team because it was intentional. Catcher kept looking in the dugout. 
so that they hit him intentionally. And I'll be really curious. They should have the guts to admit that they did it. Why they did it, I have no reason to understand. You know, I only carry my sportsmanship so far, and I've gotten the limit. You know, they beat us. They played better. Uh, we're disappointed. But that was intentional, and uh, I don't understand why. I don't understand how they got away with it. So here we are, Jess, on a Wednesday afternoon in the middle of October wondering, are we giving the benefit of the doubt to Tony La Russa or the Houston Astros? It's not even a question. I mean, honestly, it was ridiculous even. And I, I get it. I got it in the moment in the game because Tony La Russa is trying to defend his players. Jose Abreu gets hit more, more than a lot of players because you got his, his zone for him to not, by the way, one of the best hitters in the game because mm-hmm. you got to challenge him up and in. Watch the course of that at bat. I mean, everything was missing high. Everything. And this is something that was clearly not intentional. And I love during the broadcast, and I wish Tony La Russa would go back and he won't, but for any White Sox fan, father-in-laws mm-hmm. included, to go back, watch that game, and listen to A.J. Pruszynski and Adam Wainwright break that down. I mean, Adam Wainwright, a pitcher, you know, no side. He's literally just taken that as there is no way he intentionally hit him. And, and if anything, he was actually mimicking La Russa coming out and kind of going through, like, this is kind of what you have to do to stick up to your team. But it doesn't surprise me because this is what we've seen after Monday's loss. Ryan Tapera brought back up that the Houston Astros cheat and the fact that they're in Chicago. I mean, we've kind well, of seen cheat. them. They did cheat. But the point is, is they were trying to say that they can't hit in Chicago because they're not cheating there as they're doing at home, which to come from a bullpen pitcher was was it was – Honestly, you're hearing them in losses come through with a lot of stuff instead of really just talking about the game. Would it be bad for baseball if the Astros won it? Hey, I'm just curious about this because like, it goes back to this conversation. Like you say, hey, they did cheat, but then Key as a fan says, oh, they're cheaters, right? Yeah. So like, how would but you But they cheated that? my Dodgers. What you I, mean? I hear what you're saying. Key, I'm just wondering for baseball, like would it be a good or a bad thing if the Astros won the World Series? I mean, I don't see them. Well, they're not cheaters now in my mind. No, they're not. They they might have players on this team that did cheat. But you look at the bulk of their roster. You look at, like, what they're doing this year. And, I mean, no one knows anything, right? Like, we don't know exactly what's happening. I can guarantee that they're definitely not banging trash cans yeah. and doing what they were doing in the past. But I think we need to move past it. And no, I think yeah. it's good for the game to move on. And for yep. us to actually look at how good this team is and ultimately who they're playing and not talking about. And that's why I was so frustrated to bring back something that happened four years ago. You know what, though? Let, let me yeah. just let, and look, I, and look, I'm a hold, little hold on, hold on. And, and I'm a little um, torn, too, because of Dusty Baker. I, I want Dusty to win because think about it. You know this, Jess. He was brought in to calm the waters. He did the one-year deal. Everybody just figured, oh, they're bringing Dusty in just to take some of the heat off of them or whatever the case is. Two years, three years later, he has him back in position to compete for a yeah. World Series title again. The, the, yeah. the bottom line is, though, there are players on this team that were on that team, and that team was the, – the outrage of that team that cheated, they were a powerhouse – like, they were good enough maybe to win the World Series. Maybe not. Maybe they, I think they would have lost to the Yankees. They were losing bad on the road. But when you have a team that good that then also cheats, it's like, oh, come on. Come, come on. Yeah. 
So I think I'm, I'm still not over it. I know everyone wants to move past it. I'm not over it, Jess. Yeah. He can get over it because his team just won well, last year. Well, and think year. about this. Alex Cora, who was mm. away from the Red Sox for a year, penalized for that team, will be managing against right. the Houston Astros. So it's, 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 it kind of all comes back around, and I think this is going to be an interesting postseason. And for Dusty Baker, I mean, he could go up against the Giants. I mean, how epic would that be um, in the World Series? Keyshawn, Thank you a lot, Jess. and Max Thanks, Jess. is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Thank you, Jess. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear hotline. What is so... Keys losing. What's, oh, what's going on? So what's so funny, funny over there? My God, I couldn't talk over you while you were bringing us in. But if you went to the shot that they just showed uh, or the pier right there in the little poodle, they zoomed in and you probably didn't even pay attention to it. And the little poodle with the young lady with the green right there throwing the ball, he was just doing his deal. And I said to myself, this is why I do not like New York. And you had to see it. It's yeah, right oh, there, right my there God. in the middle of the wall. You know what? I got, I'm glad Key brought that up. And that's, I'm the guy, Key, with no bags in the pocket. Be like, oh, damn, I got no bags. That's, that's, you're bad. You, you, you're, not a good, you're not a good pet guy. But sometimes shit, uh, I forget Jay. the bags because I'm in no. a rush. No, no, no. no. They don't have and a you, dog in New York. They don't have it. a dog oh, in New York. You and you go. just going to leave it. No, yeah. I would I would try to nasty. find like a cup or something and scoop it. Now you're lying. I'm not lying. Yes, you are. You might see me sprint away a couple of we times. We get to the seaport. I hope you get caught on the camera. <laughs> we get here, you know, early, early in the morning. It's still dark out. I have to walk down the pier with the flashlight on my phone pointed at the no, ground. No, you don't. Yes, you do, no, you or do you will step not. in it. You no, will I, step I, in I, it. I, I avoided one or two over the, uh, yeah. over the last year on the pier. I yeah. did. I avoided one or two just because I was kind of – I'm like, Max, I'm paying attention because, as I said before, remember, Jay, my golden goose is brand new. I had to drop that, you know, a little drop, a little <laughs> flash, a like- little flex. But I bought some brand new golden gooses. Actually, out your way, I stopped at the store out that way, mm-hmm. uh, Max, at your second home. And mm. I brought them back, and I was walking the dogs Keep. in Brooklyn and stepped in it. Keep yep. time out. And time I had to throw them away. Time out, I was Keep. so mad. <laughs> Nothing makes Wait, you matter. Nothing makes you matter. Keith, the only people I see, and maybe it's me, and maybe I'm not as experienced, that's why I'm coming to you. The only people I see rocking Gooses are women. I've never seen men with the golden goose. Is that oh, do they yeah, have men brands? No, I, 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 I got. 
Why you think they got men brand? I, I don't know, but I only see women rock golden. I never no. see men rock golden gooses. I never. No, you gotta pay attention to them. Okay. You gotta, you, Sorry, Max. I had to ask that for clarification okay, purposes here. I did not. I was not hip to that game. Is that a Cali thing? No, not really. Everybody will rock golden goose. And you, the the problem with what Key pointed out with the poodle on the deck, that's not like in the curb or like in the gutter. That's right in the middle where everybody walks. Ooh, you know what? We may have because someone someone's dog leaves it right in that area where that poodle was too. We may have some photographic evidence. Where, Anyone see any leave bags? It? I see no bags. I didn't see the poodle going to work. All right, it is time <laughs> for J. Will's five. These are five people that willed their teams to victory. Let's hear it, Jay. Okay, Alan. Number five. Number five. Alabama won 19 games straight. A 19-game winning streak. They were favored by 17 points. You hear the music? Play, you can hate me now. That's right. Tell on Jimbo Fisher because now Nick Saban's record is 24-1. and one. That's right. The team that lost to Arkansas. The team that lost to Mississippi State bounces back and beats Nick Saban, who's undefeated against all of his assistant coaches. Give that man the Gatorade treatment. Give him the love on his 56th birthday. What a great birthday present. Next up. Number four. Number four. You guys probably don't know who this guy is. Joey Johnson. Why do I call him Joey Johnson? Because Joey Johnson came out on fire the other day. He won a Super Bowl in 2002. That's right, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been trying to tell you for the longest time, and he did it on our show. He willed our show to championship status yesterday. He told you what the truth was, and then the evidence revealed itself. And it told you the truth about John Gruden and Keyshawn Johnson, a.k.a. Joey Johnson. Joey Keyshawn Johnson stood above it all and gave you both sides of it. Actually said, hey, we give him credit. Even though it was Tony Judge's team, he got us over the top, but I'm still going to tell you what it was. There you go, Joey Johnson. Respect to you for willing us to a victory yesterday. Number three. Number three. Here we go. Number three up, Mason Crosby. I mean, I'm sorry. Number three up, Walker Bueller. Last night, talk about a guy, three days rest, comes back, starts off the series great for the Dodgers does his thing in the opening first four innings. I mean, talk about throwing heat, 97-mile-an-hour fastballs, coming up telling Dave Roberts, no, Dave, I'm that dude. I know I played on Friday. Put me back in the game. Get me into the game because you know what? We're going to get to a game five, and we're going to give our team a chance to go next level. Next Number up. two. Next up, Mason Crosby. I mean, you missed three field goals. Three field goals. Number one. And uh, number one. Obviously, they're, they're quickening the pace here. Number one, Lamar Jackson. I mean, you think about what the numbers were. I mean, this guy, 22 unanswered straight points for Lamar Jackson, doing it once again. Who can do more with less? Lamar Jackson, right now the favorite to win the MVP. Thanks for speeding me up on the Jay Wills top five. Mason Crosby because he eventually hit the game winner? Yes, I would have gotten there. They didn't cut me off. But obviously we're trying to speed up. Damn it! Just Go to Lamar Jackson. Well, we Let's had to go. talk about the poodle Number doing its one. business and you guys are the worst. stepping in it <laughs> and men's golden gooses and all kinds of important stuff first. More KJM coming oh, yeah, right up break. on ESPN Radio. Hey, you guys trying to speed up my top five. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.